Welcome back to the Chayarach and Achiyomi Learning Program. You are listening to the second installment, which is Sefer Yehoshua Perak Beis. You also happen to be listening to the second oldest son of Chayarach, Abbas David Tzvi, Allah HaShalom, her neshama should happen, Aliyah. And I happen to share a first name with the star of our Sefer. My name is Yehoshua, which is one reason why I feel especially connected to the learning of Sefer Yehoshua. However, another reason why I feel especially connected is that I also happen to be a fourth grade Rebbe, and we are currently learning Sefer Yehoshua in my classroom. And I wanted to share a couple of insights that we discussed in my class pertaining to the second parak of Yehoshua, which happens to be the Haftarah for Parsha Shlach. And the simple reason why this is the Haftarah for Parsha Shlach is that just like Parsha Shlach, the second parak of Sefer Yehoshua discusses a story of Miraglim, of spies on a spy mission. Of course, in the times of Moshe Rabbeinu, in Sefer Bamidbar, the Book of Numbers, Prakim Yud Gimel Yadal, 13 and 14, Parsha Shlach, we have the first spy mission in the Torah, which was an utter failure for various reasons. And it seems that Sefer Yehoshua Perak Beis is a sequel of sorts to that story. But the question is, if the first mission was a failure, why would Yehoshua repeat the mission? We found that in the first spy mission in the Torah, Hashem will say aloud, Moshe Rabbeinu, to send in spies, shlach lacha, send if you will. However, Hashem recommended against it, but Klal Yisrael at the time was lacking faith. They demanded that spies be sent in, representatives, to make sure that the land was good and safe for them. And Moshe Rabbeinu ultimately allowed it, but Hashem opened them up for that failure. Why would Yehoshua repeat a spy mission if it failed the first time? And yet we see that when Yehoshua's spies go into Eretz Yisrael, it is a complete success. Which makes it seem like perhaps there was a way in which a spy mission would be a fine option. The question is, what was the difference between the two spy missions? Why was Yehoshua's mission so successful that when he sent in his spies, they simply went into Yericho, the very first land that they would enter of Eretz Yisrael when they would cross the Yardin. The spies seek refuge in the house of Rachav Hazona, Rachav, um, the harlot or the innkeeper, as Rashi says. She asks that just as she hides them and spares them, that they should spare her family when in a few prakim from now um, Kla Yisrael will enter Yericho and do battle with them. And the spies come back, everything is fine, everything is successful. So what was the difference between the two spy missions? So in my class, we identified at least three differences between the two stories, and then one X factor of a difference. So the first difference is in the numbers that they sent. Yehoshua, we find at the beginning of our chapter, he sent in only two spies, as opposed to his predecessor and his Rebbe, Moshe Rabbeinu, who sent in 12 spies, 12 spies corresponding to the 12 tribes. As there was a national lack of faith, and we could say tribal lack of faith between all the tribes, so a representative from each tribe had to go in to make sure that things were safe. That was not the case in the time of Yehoshua. Yehoshua only sent in two spies, which tells us that there was not only a difference in number, but there was a difference in purpose, why they were sending in spies altogether. Because it seems that in the time of Moshe, it was to relax the, the Bnei Israel, to sort of feed into their emotional needs at the time. They had a lack of faith. They needed reassurance. That was considered inappropriate. However, in the time of Yehoshua, they were simply looking for battle tactics, strategies on how they would go into the land, what exactly was going to be their method for going in. And these also lend themselves to a third difference, which is the way in which the spies were sent in. Because when it came to Moshe Rabbeinu, the, the nation bombarded him. They demanded that spies be sent in. It was very much a public matter that spies were being sent in. As opposed to what the Navi tells us in Yehoshua Perak Beis, that Yehoshua sends in his two spies, Cheresh. He does this secretly. No one knew about it. 
this is the way to do it. Do things just with the authorities knowing about it and taking care of business. This setup alone already makes for a much different process and a much different result in the spy mission, but the X factor we find when the spies actually come to the house of Rachav, although the Navi does not divulge the identity of the two spies, Rashi does. As the spies are taking refuge in the house of Rachav and the, uh, the king of Yericho's messengers come in looking for them, the Pasuk tells us, Vatitz Pano, literally, and she hid him. And indeed, that is a strange way to say that she hid the two spies. And the woman took the two men, and she hid him. So why does the Pasuk say that she hid him? Rashi gives three answers, very interesting answers. Answer number one, she says to tell us that she hid them in a rushed manner, in a very narrow spot, almost as though she smushed them into one narrow spot, which normally only one person could fit, and she fit two people in the spot of one. That's one reason why it says Vatitz Pano. We're going to skip to Rashi's third answer, which says just the opposite. That no, Vatitz Pano means she hid him in one spot, and she hid him in the other spot. In other words, she hid them individually in different spots. So for each one, it says, and she hid him. However, most fascinatingly, Rashi's second answer from the Midrash is that Vatitz Pano is coming to tell us that she only hid one of the two spies. The spy that she hid was Kalev. Kalev, who happens to have been one of the original spies of Moshe. And not only that, he was one of the successful spies of Moshe. He did not slander Eretz Yisrael, but he stuck up for Moshe. The other spy, says Rashi, was Pinchas, who resembled an angel. He had special angelic abilities, and he vanished into thin air. Now, Pinchas was from the, he was a Kohen, he was from the tribe of Levi. They weren't even going to be inheriting land in Eretz Yisrael. Pinchas was one of the leaders of Klai Yisrael. So we have two leaders of Klai Yisrael, Kalev and Pinchas, Two men of faith who knew how to do the right thing even when it was tough. And the other spy of Moshe, of the 12 spies that were successful and did not slander Eretz Yisrael, besides for Kalev, was Yehoshua himself. So it seems that between Kalev, Yehoshua, and Pinchas, they were able to figure things out and make sure that the mission was a success because, of course, they were the leaders of the nation. And often we just, have, we just have to trust our leaders. If the problem in the time of the spies of Moshe Rabbeinu was that people did not trust in the leaders, they didn't trust in Hashem's representatives, the way to fix it is to allow Hashem's messengers, Hashem's representatives to take care of things. Not to question Hashem's mission, but to go forward with faith. We should be zocha to follow the model and the spy mission and the ultimate mission of Yehoshua and to return to Eretz Yisrael, Mashiach Tzidkenu. We will see you back here for Parak Gimel.